How's everybody? How's everybody doing today? Let's get uh, rolling here. How's everyone doing? I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Welcome back to the Banker Next Door podcast. Um, so today I wanted to talk about the yield curve. Uh, if anybody wants to check out, I just did uh, another, I just did an episode on interest rates. And so now to kind of follow that up, we're going to talk about the yield curve a little bit. So I wanted to bring in, again, we're going back to one of my favorite places, the Fred uh, Economic Database on the Federal St. Louis Federal Reserve website. And here we're looking at a chart of the yield curve. Now, the yield curve is made up of the 10-year treasury minus the two-year treasury. And that's what gives you that difference between those two uh, T-bills is what gives you the yield curve. So what I wanted to show here is that so the black line on this chart basically is like even. Think about almost like your, your break-even line. So if you're above that line, you're in positive territory. You're in a good spot. If you go below that line, that means the yield curve has now inverted. Uh, and we're going to go over in just a second what that means. But what I, the key thing I want to point out to everybody here is that you see here that, uh, where's the exact date? So in July of, if I could get my thing to point right on that. So in July of 2022, so over a year now, for over a year, the yield curve has been inverted. And I'm going to talk about why that's a really bad thing. But this is the longest and deepest yield verge, uh, yield curve inversion that we have had on record. That is a, a big, big, big deal. Um, so you, so again, so you can see here, the yield curve has been in, inverted here for well over a year. And now we're going to go to another website that I love called Investopedia. If anybody has ever has not been here, I, I highly recommend checking it out. An excellent website. So this says the impact of an inverted yield curve. So the term yield curve returns to the relationship between the short and long-term interest rate of fixed income securities issued by the U.S. Treasury. An inverted yield curve occurs when short-term interest rate exceed long-term interest rates. Under normal circumstances, the yield curve is not inverted since debt with longer maturities typically carry higher interest rates than nearer-term ones. So from an economic perspective, an inverted yield curve is a noteworthy and uncommon event because it suggests that the near term is riskier than the long term. Uh, below, they explain some of the rare phenomena. So what are some of the key takeaways here? So a yield curve illustrates the interest rates on bonds of increasing maturities. An inverted yield curve occurs when short-term debt instruments carry higher yields than long-term instruments of the same credit risk profile. Inverted yield curves are unusually unusual since long-term debt should carry greater risk and higher interest rates. So when they occur, there are implications for consumers and investors alike. An inverted treasury yield curve is one of the most reliable leading indicators of an impending recession. So now we could see here from this chart and for the podcast audience, what we're looking at is we're looking at a chart of what would be considered a normal yield curve. And you could see, you know, your yield is on your y-axis, your maturity is on your x-axis, uh, and then you have the slope going out. Now let's take a look at an inverted yield curve. So here is the inverted yield curve. You could see how it's sloping downwards. And if we, if we head back to the 10-year treasury for a second, you can see how this is going downwards and how an up, you know, a good uh, interest rate or a power or a positive yield curve would be sloping upwards, like we're going up here. 
Let's head back here for a set for one second. So the inverted yield curve, again, is, is a bad thing because that means your short-term interest rates are higher than your long-term interest rates. And if we go back to the, if we go back to the Wall Street Journal here for a second, the data, if you watch the interest rates uh, episode that I just did, the last episode. So we're here. So we're looking at the 30-year bond and the 10-year bond, and then we're going down to the notes. And you can see here as we're going down, the bonds are getting higher. So in other words, like your three-month T-bill is much higher than your 10-year note. So the three-month T-bill is at 3.577. Your 10-year note is at 3.87. So in other words, your short-term bonds are much higher than your long-term bonds, thus creating the inverted yield curve. Now, um, so the formation, let's get into, let's talk about the formation of an inverted yield curve. Okay, as concerns of an impending recession increase, uh, investors tend to buy long treasury bonds based on the premise that they offer a safe harbor for falling equity markets, provide preservation of capital, and have the potential for appreciation in value as interest rates decline. Uh, as a result of the rotation to long maturities, yields can fall below short-term rates, forming an inverted yield curve. Since 1955, equities have peaked six times after the start of an inversion, and the economy has fallen into recession within six to 24 months after that. After, in other words, after the after the in, after the yield curve re what's we'll call like a reinversion, reinverts back to a positive sloping yield curve. That is followed by six within six to 24 months. Uh, recession usually follows that. Um, so what is an inverted yield curve's impact on consumers? Well, so in addition to its impact on investors, an inverted yield curve also has an impact on consumers. For example, as home buyers financing their properties with adjustable rate mortgages have interest rate schedules that are periodically updated based on short-term interest rates. When short-term interest rates are higher than long-term rates, payments on arms tend to rise. When this occurs, fixed rate loans may be more attractive than adjustable rate loans. And then lines of credits uh, are affected in a similar manner. In both cases, consumers must dedicate a larger portion of their incomes towards servicing existing debt. This reduces expendable income and has a negative effect on the economy as a whole. So let's think about this for a second. What's more attractive right now? Let's go back to this. Uh, let's go back to rates for a second here. Uh, you have your 15-year mortgage rate, you have your 30-year mortgage rate, but then you also have what's not shown here is what's called a, or I'm sorry, it is shown here, so a five-year adjustable mortgage rate in ARM is at 6.46%, whereas your typical 30-year mortgage is at 7.14. So that's a pretty big difference. I mean, you're talking about 65 you know, or so basis points there. Uh, so that 5-1 ARM is more attractive. So what this is saying is that, in other words, you might get into this right now, but as things change, this might not be as, you know, as, as the interest rates uh, fluctuate and the yield curve fluctuates, this may become that arm might was, which is looking very attractive today may not look so attractive tomorrow. Uh, and then obviously line of credit rates. And we've seen that with the credit cards. If you guys go back to the episode I did on credit cards and auto lending, you can see that the, the, you know, the, the interest rates on credit cards has really spiked this year. Uh, we have the largest amount of credit card debt that we've ever had in the history of this country. It's, it's over well over a trillion dollars at this point. Um, so you can see that negative effect that the, the, again, the inverted yield curve having on consumers. Um, what does the inverted yield curve, how does that impact fixed income investors? So a yield curve reversion has the greatest impact on fixed income investors. In normal circumstances, long-term investments 
have higher yields because investors are risking their money for longer periods of time. Makes sense, right? Uh, They're rewarded with higher payouts. Um, an inverted yield curve eliminates the risk premium for long-term investments, allowing investors to get better returns with short-term investments. In other words, um, in other words, this is this is what I talked about in the last episode of interest rates in terms of the risk-free rate, removing that, you know, what the Fed did with the zero interest rate environment was to remove that risk-free rate. So when the spread between the U.S. Treasuries, a risk-free investment, and higher risk corporate alternatives is at historic lows, it is often an easy decision to invest in lower risk vehicles. In such cases, purchasing a treasury-backed security provides a yield similar to the yield on a junk bond or a corporate bond or real estate investment trust or REIT and other debt instruments, but without the risk inherent in these vehicles. So in other words, when interest rates are at zero, you are going to chase, that's called, you're then going to chase yield. You are gonna go after something that will yield a higher return for you. In other words, you're going to invest in junk bonds and corporate bonds in reach. You're going to put your money back into the stock market because you have to chase that yield in order to get a five, six, seven, ten percent return. You're going to have to go chase that yield. Whereas, whereas you could have just had that risk-free rate, that risk-free investment. And like I said, like you put your money in a CD right now, you can make 5% real easy. If, um, you know, but if you want to make a better return, if you want to look now for 10, 15, 20% uh, return on investment, then yeah, you're going to go after risky, riskier investments. And, and thus, you know, it's the risk reward ratio, right? The higher the risk, the higher the return. Um, and basically, this is the impact the inverted yield curve can have on you. So let's just scroll down here a little bit. Um, so let's see, here we go. So how well do inverted yield curves predict recessions? So an inverted yield curve in U.S. Treasuries has predicted every recession since 1955 with only one false signal during that time. It even predicted the economic downturn that followed the COVID-19 pandemic, although most economists attribute this to luck and not the fact that it can predict natural disasters. Okay, a little truth to that. But an inverted yield curve in U.S. Treasuries has predicted every recession since 1955 with only one false signal during that time. Now, here's a very interesting thing that happened. Let's get out of this for a second here. So here's a very interesting thing that happened. The yield curve started to revert. It was it was coming back. And you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring this back in for a second here because I want to go back to this chart here. So you can see right here on this chart in October, the yield curve was getting ready to revert. It was getting ready to go back to positive territory. Now, that was going to be a really bad thing because what, what was that going to signal? That was going to signal that the impending recession was about to hit big time and it was going to hit in early 2024. But what happened here? Oh, the, tr the Treasury stepped in and started buying short-term rates to force the rate back down, basically basically re-inverting <laughs> re the inversion of the yield curve. And basically, now, and you can see here, since October that rate has been driven back down over the last couple months, over the last two, three months, that has been driven back down by minus 0.41%. So the Treasury Department has been you know, manipulating the market in a very real way because the yield curve would have reverted back to positive territory had they not uh, basically postponed that action by going in and buying short-term Treasuries and thus forcing the rate back down. Now, 
This requires a much deeper conversation in terms of, well, what are the ramifications of what the Fed is going to do into next going into next year with interest rates? How is that going to affect inflation? How is that going to affect the national debt? How is that going to affect the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve? Uh, these are all things that I, I can't wait to talk about in future episodes and explain how I think a lot of this is going to unfold. Um, I don't think at the end of the day, I think this is a major problem. Um, and because this this yield curve has been inverted for over, well over a year and it's the deepest and longest inversion in history uh i think you know i heard a couple other economists a few months back basically describing this as almost like a tsunami like with the inverted yield curve this is when the water pulls away from the beach if you can imagine this in your mind the water pulling back from the beach and you're kind of sitting there and going wow okay that's interesting but now as the as the yield curve reverts back to positive territory now that water comes back up to the level on the beachhead right but the tsunami is now coming right behind it and that that tsunami is going to hit like a massive wall but here so but here's what i think ultimately in a nutshell we'll have to see over the next year we'll have to see if my prediction is right i think the the fed is going to basically forestall a recession. They are going to they are basically going to hold off a recession for another year. I think they're going to hold that off for another year and it, it could potentially hit toward the end of 24 or could hit in 25 now because because of the actions they're going to take. And I think there's going to be a lot of bad ne and negative long-term ramifications to what the Fed does here in in the next couple of, the next couple of months are going to be very very critical in terms of how this whole thing's going to play out over the next next 2-3 years. So, but like I said, but we'll, we'll take a look back at that. So hopefully if you don't really know much or anything about yield curve, hopefully you learned a little bit about yield curve today. Hopefully you learned a little bit about why it's so important to monitor and keep an eye on the yield curve. Um, I, you know, the yield curve, it, 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 you cannot underestimate how important it is, um, especially, you know, especially for bankers. I mean, if, if you're a banker and you, or you even if you work at financial services, I mean, you're going to be monitoring the yield curve all the time because that's that's going to uh, have a, a drastic effect on on what you're doing in terms of your short and long term planning um, with how you're you're running things, how you're running your bank day to day, how you're managing things going into the future. Um, because it is, again, it is a predictor of coming recession. And it's, and again, it's not a hundred percent, but it's 95%. So people could sit here and say, well, are we going to have a long or we have a hard or soft landing, whatever. I, I, I think those, I, I don't buy into those comments, just like I didn't buy into the whole transitory inflation. I, I think those, those um, comments are all very political comments made by the Fed and they're, and they're just trash comments and, and they're just nonsense. Like you either have inflation or you don't have inflation. There's no such thing as transitory inflation, just like you either have a recession or you don't have a recession. Some recessions are certainly worse than others, but this whole jargon of like, oh, it's a soft landing, it's a hard landing. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't buy into that. I think it either, either, either hits or it doesn't hit. And then you just look at the you know what? What's the level of that of that severity of that of that particular recession or or financial period? So, but anyway, uh, but anyway, like I said, I hope everybody learned a little bit about something about yield curve today, and it's something that I, I wanted to introduce this because we are going to be talking about this as we get into more episodes next year. And uh, again, so I, I wanted people to have uh, some kind of understanding as to what's going on here because I will refer back to this episode as we get into some of these deeper conversations. But hope you enjoyed this today. If you liked it, you know, please make sure to give a, a big thumbs up. Um, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave your comments down below. 
Um, make sure to follow us on uh, YouTube, Rumble, all major podcast platforms. Make sure to visit thebankernextdoor.com and uh, make sure to come back next week when I have my kind of year end wrap up. And I'll talk about some of the things that, you know, we're going to be doing going into 2024 and um, a lot of great things coming. Uh, but but most importantly of all, I wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I hope everyone has wonderful holidays and I hope everyone stays safe out there and uh, just have yourself a very merry and uh, blessed week. And I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot.